Hello there. Hi, how are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good. You? I'm doing all right. Yeah, well, we, we are currently experiencing um, really warm temperatures for Glasgow. Um, eight o'clock on a Saturday night in July, and it's 21 degrees still. <laughs> yeah, it's... I think it's supposed to get up to 107 degrees Fahrenheit here next week. And yeah, it's, it was a pretty mild winter here. You know, yeah. we live in North Dakota, so uh, generally gets below zero degrees Fahrenheit in the winter. And this year there wasn't much snow or anything. So I think you have similar weather to us where it uh, will fluctuate. It might be a snowy morning and then in the afternoon it's, sunshine yeah. or it might be a yeah. beautiful day and then it you know has 50 mile per hour winds or whatever that is in kilometers so. <laughs> pretty much but uh we don't really get the kind of extremes in temperatures um okay. like you guys get you know um because you're pretty much landlocked really aren't you so yeah we're just in the middle of everything uh <laughs> Like rugby, North Dakota is the geographical center of North America. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're yeah. right below Canada, but as you know, Canada is massive and, <laughs> you know, at the northernmost part of the United States. So, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, listen, thank you very much for agreeing to, to do this today. Um, oh, and you're welcome. How many are you in the Negatrons in total? Well, the story of the Negatrons started uh, back in 99. So uh, I was 19 then. I'm 40 now. Um, I'd basically been in a few bands before that, but I had written basically the batch of songs that make up that album Stumblebum mm -hmm. between 16 and 19. Right Girl for me was uh, when I was 16. That was the first song I ever wrote. That's the first track on the album. And then I wrote the rest of the songs you know, in a matter of weeks when I was a freshman in college, mm. basically recruited two of my band members from my high school band to play drums and guitar. And I played the bass and sang. And then, you know, we played a show, kind of put it to the side, did other bands. Um, and then years later, it got into recording uh, and doing some home recording production mixing mastering what have you and decided it's good practice i would just go back and record all these songs so mm -hmm. i did the album all by myself uh called it the negatrons because it you know was written for a rock band and if i ever you know play live shows i intend to recruit uh, some people to play with yeah. me but uh yeah the album is just me recording songs that i wrote back when i was 19 yeah. and then for the future, we plan to, or I guess I plan to, uh, you know, take some of the other songs I've written and write more songs. Mm -hmm. Right now, I've got about 40 other songs that are complete and could be written uh, or re-recorded re uh, for release. And then yeah. I've got 13 hours of just demos of me messing around <laughs> on instruments. So it won't be uh, a lack of material. It will be yeah. more of a matter of time in terms yeah. of releasing more I must admit, when I was looking at the website earlier, um, it, it really tickled me. Uh, the Negatron released their debut album, Stumblebum, after 22 years. <laughs> it's quite yeah. an apprenticeship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like we were procrastinators, but we were doing other things in the 
meantime. So, <laughs> no. I, to be honest, it just it, it, as I say, it made me laugh. You know, um, yeah. Uh, oh. the, you, you know, kind of like an overnight success, but it took you twenty two years to get there. Kind of idea. You know, it's just <laughs> minus the success part, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> not at all, not at all. Listen, you, you're relatively successful uh, through my show. Um, I, I can't recall exactly how uh, we came across each other. I, I can't recall if it was yourself that contacted us or if I stumbled on you um, when I was researching for new bands to play. Um, but certainly I've, I've played quite a few tracks um, from the album over the last few weeks um, and get some really nice feedback from the listeners. Um, oh, that's great. And I think I'm, I'm quite fortunate, actually, because we're an internet-based radio station. I've literally got listeners from all four corners of the world. And mm-hmm. I get submissions from people like yourself, you know, who are vast distances away from, you know, where I'm based, which is great. You know, I really, really appreciate that. Um, when I started doing the radio programme um, about three years ago now, um, I honestly never thought that, you know, I would get that kind of input. I thought I'd be kind of lucky if I was to get maybe two or three submissions from Scottish or maybe UK bands, you know, uh, a month even. Um, But it's just like, especially since COVID, uh, it's just really exploded um, because there's so many uh, musicians and artists now looking for uh, outlets for their their talent. Yeah, and I think... uh... You know, it all comes to technology. Like I said, we wrote these songs back in 99. Basically, I'd recorded everything kind of like I did now all by myself, but I did mm-hmm. it on a Tascam 4-track, you know, and then when you're a kid, what do you do with that? You know, you can maybe uh, upload it to your computer and, mm-hmm. you know, shoot at MP3s. But uh, now, today, the technology is so advanced, you can make much better recordings basically with an audio interface and a computer yeah basically release it onto all the major streaming services through uh businesses like DistroKid or cd baby mm-hmm. and then you know something that you made in your basement or in your bedroom can reach you know potentially yeah. anyone um and then you know twitter is just uh, a good tool in terms of connecting with people um across the world Mm-hmm. you know in different continents you know we're getting airplay in the uk you know england and scotland mm-hmm. and other places um which is you know mind-blowing to think about you know <laughs> you know that wouldn't have been possible probably in the 90s unless you had yeah. a record contract but now you're able to do everything by yourself whether it's but- graphics or recording <laughs> Mixing, mastering, etc. Yeah, I mean, when I think about it in terms of my own career, because I used to play in bands and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I'm 62, and when I kicked it off, the internet wasn't even there. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and we recorded on a magnetic tape, you know, either a cassette tape or a reel-to-reel tape, um, and then we just had to post them out to you know, like radio stations and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. When I look back at it, it makes me laugh, you know, mm-hmm. when because what I did then, editing stuff, using real-to-real tape and stuff like that, was very time-consuming, and I can do the exact same thing now, but I can do it all on a computer in much, much less time. 
you know? Yeah. And I don't have yeah. lots of bits of tape hanging around. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and we did all this on, you know, GarageBand, which comes free with IMAX and things. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep saying we instead of I, but... Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. We recorded it on GarageBand, you know, and that's mm-hmm. a free program, assuming you can afford yeah. the iMac or the mm-hmm. iPad, what have you. Um, so, you know, it, it really is mind-blowing what you're able to do now. Uh, that would have taken so much more time and effort to do back in the day, you know, um, yeah. to get into a proper recording studio rather than, you know, a bunch of kids gathered around in a basement around a four track recorder and trying to be quiet while the drummer takes the 57th take, you know? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny because a couple of people I've spoken to, um, the, you know, obviously that when they're recording at the moment, because they can't all get together and uh, mm-hmm. they're recording their bits individually. And then it's going to one person who then puts it all together, you know, and, masters it and what have you um but they all kind of say pretty much the same thing you know um you know when they were together it was very much a case of did you say like in your your basement or in the the bedroom or whatever the case may be and having to be quiet while somebody did you know their little bit and then Mm -hmm. you know it it just when you think about it you know it's really quite funny you know um i mean obviously when i started out that's basically what we were doing, you know. So mm-hmm. it's not really changed in that respect for when you kick off going into music. Um, what has changed is the uh, type of technology that's available to you. Um, so you get a very professional end product um, mm-hmm. that you make at home, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's not just like the interfaces and things, but... Uh even for like guitar amps, you know, instead of mm. having to mic an amp, you can use things like the line six pod go and yeah. dial in. Although it's a digital recreation, it's a very good digital recreation of, you know, just dozens of amps, you know, that you could never yeah. afford. Yeah. <laughs> You're I, a regular person and not a full-time music producer working yeah. 20 hours a day. And one of the things that I kind of looked into, because uh, we were in a studio, a radio studio before the pandemic, and then obviously, mm-hmm. you know, everything closed down. Um, and when we were starting to do it from home, um, I was looking at different sort of bits of kit, if you like. And I experimented with the digital mixers and, you know, digital leads and stuff like that. And they were, they were fine, but I didn't really feel they were stable enough. So mm-hmm. I reverted back to using the, the laptop and plugging a mixer, separate mixer into it and, you know, okay. working it that way, you know, and it's it's much better. Um, we also struggled a little bit with a broadcast app to begin with. The one mm-hmm. that we started out with had really bad problems and we couldn't zoom using it. It was an absolute nightmare. Um, now we've got a much more stable one. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah, I'm trying to give you the best audio I can. So I'm using like a Blue Yeti USB mic and then, you know, mm. plugging it into headphones. Uh, ho- hopefully you can't hear my uh, kids and dog upstairs. They're being watched by my wife, but uh, <laughs> I put it on the cardioid function. So hopefully that uh, <laughs> doesn't Listen, allow I'm, all the noise to leak through. I've heard worse, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Because <laughs> yeah. one of the things that, uh, but certainly, it's easier for me because I live on my own. 
So, you know, I don't have any kind of like extraneous noises. The only thing that I have to be aware of is that when I'm recording anything, I have to close the window because I live on a main road. So it's quite mm-hmm. a lot of traffic noise that gets picked yeah. up. Um, but when I've been speaking to people, I've had all the things from like the telephone going, you know, and you know, them breaking off in mid-conversation to go and answer a telephone call or, as you say, children or pets, you know, running about yeah. and stuff like that. So it's, <laughs> it's just part and parcel of it. You know, it's it's nice if people kind of like isolate themselves when they're doing it and makes it a much easier pro- process. Um, just means that when it comes to me editing it down for broadcast, mm-hmm. I don't actually have to do a lot of cutting. <laughs> Yeah, and we 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 had the baby gates up when the kids were born, and we haven't taken them down, so that should keep them and the dog out for now. <laughs> you know, I I had the I, I used to have one of them as well um, for uh, children and dogs many many years ago. <laughs> they they work well. So, <laughs> so obviously, because of the the whole pandemic thing, um, from a musician's point of view. Um, you'll have had to be doing everything, you know, in situ. Um, but now that things, I'm assuming over where you are, that things are opening up a bit more kind of the way they are here in the UK. Is there any likelihood for you to get in front of an audience fairly soon? Yeah, um, I, I think there are like uh, bars and things that are bringing back live music, music now. <coughs> A lot of the venues, I guess, here, you know, they're looking for uh, cover bands and mm, yeah, the like. So I have a friend who lives down the street and he knows that I play bass as well as mm. guitar. And he's like, you know, you could basically join any band you want in town if you play mm. bass. And I said, yeah, I'm not sure I want to <laughs> play cover music uh, you know, for the bar crowds. But uh, there are some venues nearby. Um, I guess I haven't really looked into it too much. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking at is actually recording some of the more recent music uh, yeah. that I've written and probably trying to get an EP out here in the next few months. We just released the album at the beginning of June, but uh, that maybe took two months work. It was already written, just mm-hmm. like these next songs will be. So it really comes down to you know the mixing and the mastering yeah you know, i can record all the parts in one night if i wanted to mm-hmm. but then it's a matter of making sure <laughs> excuse me making sure that the mix is right so i think that's probably going to be my focus here probably take a step back from social media a mm-hmm. little bit because yeah. that can be a little draining mm-hmm. um but uh, <laughs> uh gonna focus on maybe doing five to six songs mm-hmm. uh probably releasing one a month mm. and then at the end compiling them into an EP um, mm. here we didn't really know what we were doing so I thought it was a good idea uh, we'll just release a single or two before the album comes out yeah and then you just keep releasing singles from the album like they did back in the 90s and mm. one of my my friends who's doing this as well who's releasing music said no 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 it's all changed now you gotta release all the singles before mm. the album Otherwise, no one's going to pay attention. So I said, well, I'll release three before and three after. And yeah, I, th- I think if I would have just released all the singles before the album, probably would have had 
more success <laughs> just because I, I think people's attention spans are shorter now. They're not able yeah. to sit down and listen to a 45 minute record when there's so many other options, you know, you're on Spotify and be like, Oh yeah, I forgot that. So-and-so released an album. Mm-hmm. I better go check that out. Uh, yeah. So I'm Absolutely. not sure um, exactly what we'll do. I know that uh, releasing a single every two weeks maybe wasn't the mm-hmm. best plan, but once, <laughs> once you tell distro kid, that's what's going to happen. Uh, that's, what nice, happens so, so i'm probably gonna you know space it out a little more whether it be three weeks or four weeks and, mm-hmm. and then try to um package it all together at the end so yeah. um yeah I, I think this next ep will probably be uh music in the similar vein you know the pop punkish yeah alternative guitar driven rock mm-hmm. um but like I said, I've got 40 songs and they kind of vary a bit genre wise. Mm-hmm. I figured it might not be the best idea to throw everybody for a loop and at <laughs> least <laughs> well, like a, an Americana CD or, or something. But uh, well, it's always nice to, you know, sort of vary things up a little bit. You know, um, I'm finding that with a lot of people um, who are making music now, they they don't really define themselves you know to a, a specific sort of genre they're, mm-hmm. they're covering quite a few different genres which is really good um because a it shows their versatility and mm-hmm. b it, hopefully it's challenging them as you know singers musicians to be able to you know capture um the feel of whatever it is that they're trying to do mm-hmm. and i i think um having listened to your stuff i think you've captured it spot on you know, in my humble opinion. <laughs> there was a question I seen um, on somebody posted on Twitter today, and I'm going to ask you it. Um, they, they, the question that they were asking was, how many tracks should be on an EP? Uh, two, yeah. four, or six? What do you think? I think I, I, I probably either was the one who asked the question or asked something similar. <laughs> So I think I said three, three, four, five, or six. Um, you know, I think someone said, you know, three is basically still a single. Mm-hmm. So I think it has to probably be between four or six. I think mm-hmm. some bands might have even recently got away with releasing eight track EPs, but also eight mm-hmm. track albums. Yeah. So I would probably say four to six. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it has more to do with the time you know, thir- yeah. under 30 minutes or so. And I think mm-hmm. these 10 songs, they're kind of, some of them are kind of long for pop mm-hmm. punk songs, you know, pushing five minutes. But uh, I think that whole album we just released was maybe 45 minutes, 10 tracks. So, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I mean, obviously historically, um, mm-hmm. an EP would have been four tracks on two sides. Um, but generally speaking, tracks were less than three minutes. They were yeah. very rarely more than three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously now a lot of bands and musicians are producing stuff that's, you know, very rarely under four minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I, when I come across somebody and they've released a relatively speaking short track, um, it catches me by surprise a wee bit. <laughs> yeah, it was a while back I was listening to some type of podcast and it was talking about how Spotify is um, 
dictating so much about how modern music is made. Mm-hmm. And it had something to do with how long tracks were. They were actually getting shorter than the mm-hmm. you know typical three minutes and 20 seconds that yeah. you know some were trying to squeeze it squeeze it in under two minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I can't recall exactly why that was, whether it's if you listen to a certain percentage of a song or what was it, then you'd get your royalties. But yeah. for whatever reason, you know, like the big Kanye's of the mm-hmm. world or, you know, the pop stars of the world were, you know, releasing shorter and shorter tracks when, you know, a lot of radio stations still would prefer if you kept your songs to three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Well- which should be easy if you're oh, go ahead yeah what i was going to say was historically um two minutes 30 seconds was classed as the maximum um mm-hmm. for a single um because again it was radio stations um they deduced that the audience wouldn't be able to listen for any longer than two minutes and 30 seconds mm-hmm. unless it was like a classical piece or an operatic piece and a queen um when they released uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, actually blew the ceiling off um, mm-hmm. because they, they were adamant, um, especially Freddie Mercury was adamant with the record company that Bohemian Rhapsody would have to be released at the amount of time, you know, that it played for. Um, and it almost came to them, you know, quitting the record company, um, but they won out. Um, and I think it kind of proved it, you know, because it was such a huge success. Um, but we are, we do seem to be going back again to, you know, sort of shorter tracks. And as you said, it probably is down to the likes of Spotify and Bandcamp um, and SoundCloud, you know, maybe restricting uh, artists a little bit, which is a shame. Yeah. And and I was going to say it had to have been the 70s that kind of mm-hmm. changed it because, you know, 50s and 60s pop songs sure if you looked at the Motown's greatest hits none of the songs would be over four minutes I could be wrong but uh but but yeah with like the 70s with starting with Bohemian Rhapsody but then even with like the stairways and yeah uh those types of songs like the 70s Mm -hmm. jam bands uh that have probably got stretched out a little bit but then um you know I think even in the 90s it's like an interview with Billy Corgan and he was basically talking about being compared to Nirvana's and the green mm-hmm. days and saying, you know, they write three and a half minute songs and I write five minute songs, you know? So <laughs> some people are just a little bit more long winded. And I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think it, that's probably going to be the more difficult part is kind of revising songs to get them, you know, so they're not stretching past the five minute mark at least. Yeah. And maybe even getting some of the, you know, more fast-paced ones to be, you know, under three. Mm-hmm. Because when you're trying to fit a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, double chorus, you know, even if you're playing it at 160 beats per minute, you know, you, mm-hmm. yeah. you still got to trim something somewhere, whether mm-hmm. it's the intro or making the second verse shorter, you know, and you yeah. know, some people don't like to think about that, but if you want people to continue to play your songs, it's worth taking into account yeah. the time I- limit. I know, I know there have been times when I've listened to pieces of recorded music and I've seen them being performed live and I'm like, that's shorter than I remember it being, you know, when I was at the concert. Um, and it's, it's a little bit like, you know, when you watch um, something that's adapted, you know, for a movie, um, you know, you can't, 
use everything that's in the book and put it into the movie because it has to be condensed down to sort of like 90 minutes or, you know, whatever the average oh. time is for a film, you know. Um, so I would be a very bad director or <laughs> movie writer because I would firmly want to have, you know, everything from the first page of the book to the last page of the book. Yeah. I, I always used to say to people, um, and it got a laugh, was that if I had been directing The Lord of the Rings, it would have probably lasted about two years mm-hmm. <laughs> because there are, so the many, yeah, there are so many bits and pieces in the stories, if you've read them, that don't make it into the movie. I completely get why they don't make it, um, mm-hmm. but for me personally, they're integral, you know, to the story, having read the book, you know. And I feel the same a little bit sometimes when I'm listening to music and songs, that, mm-hmm. you know, because they're being restricted a little bit, they're having to cut things, you know. And mm-hmm. they maybe, you know, they maybe only do like a couple of verses in a chorus, whereas they might have done maybe three or four verses in a couple of choruses, you know, in a live performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with live performances, especially like bar bands, you know, they'll make the guitar solo four times as long, or, you know, or just to kind of stretch out some songs. So it kind of re- really depends on the audience, you know, if, if it's uh, someone you want to, you've got one chance to grab their attention, maybe a three minute song is better, but if you know, someone's buying a full album, you know, you can maybe afford to make the last track six minutes or so. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, obviously I- when I was growing up, you know, I, I was really into guys like Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and all of that, you know, and they produced some pretty long album tracks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Allman Brothers, uh, you know, some of their tracks are like eight minutes, nine minutes long, you know, from an album. Um, so I liked albums. I never really did much with singles, um, mm-hmm. but I bought albums right, left and centre. Um, mm-hmm. And would sit, you know, and listen to them. Um, and I learned a lot from listening to to the albums because you've got that longer span of time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so it's quite difficult to pick things up when you're listening to a single if it's only a couple of minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I was a teenager in the '90s, so it was you know, buy the CD, listen to it from start to finish, mm-hmm. maybe re- let it play back through again, you know. Um, whereas now it's started out with iTunes and maybe even <laughs> Napster before that. And yeah. now it's Spotify. It's, you know, if, unless you're trying to pick an album and you're paying for the premium membership, you have no choice, but to kind of listen to it on shuffle, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I, I'd prefer to listen to an album the way the artist uh, set it out rather. Yeah. Than with, I, I agree uh, with you. I agree with you on that. Because I, I, I certainly find myself, because of the whole lockdown situation, uh, prior to the lockdown, on the weekends, I used to go to, there's lots of pubs in and around Glasgow play live music. Um, not a lot of covers, um, I have to say, pretty much mostly original. Um, so I used to spend like Fridays and Saturdays, sometimes Sundays, going to these places and, you know, listening to new music and new bands. Um, since the lockdown, I've used the likes of Spotify and Bandcamp and, you know, all these other things much more often mm. um, to, to research and to source, um, you know, new artists. Um, so I've learned a lot through the lockdown um, doing these Zoom 
things. Uh, you know, I would never have thought of doing something like this prior mm. to that. Even, you know, I've had an iPhone for God knows how long, but I never ever did a FaceTime with anybody until mm. the pandemic hit and then I started yep. doing these things. <laughs> Same with me. It was, you know, some of my daughter's appointments got moved to Zoom or, you know, the Google app. Uh, mm. So that was the first time I used them. And now I got like three or four different types of apps like that on my <laughs> iPad because, you know, everyone wanted to do it a different way. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and to be honest, I think it's great. You know, um, you know, we're chatting away here. Um, you know, we're thousands of miles apart but you wouldn't think it you know mm-hmm. you know that there is no real delay or anything like that you know it's the technology is so slick you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it's just it's just brilliant and as i said i'm looking forward to you know you releasing some new stuff yeah um you know because uh, i always like whenever i pick up on an artist um i have a tendency to listen to as much of what they've got available because obviously some people only release a few things and other people are quite prolific uh, mm-hmm. and release quite a lot um, and usually if they've only released two or three tracks and I've really liked them, I'm champing at the bit you know, for, for the next mm-hmm. one and I don't want to sort of annoy them and say, look, when are you going to put out another song, you know, because I appreciate and I understand, you know, what happens in the background before you actually release it because I've got that experience, you know. I mean, do you have a kind of time scale in mind for, you know, when you, you'll release your next sort of EP as opposed to, you know, singles? Yeah, so, like I said, um, the plan is probably to do five or six similar sounding songs, mm-hmm. release them as singles. Like I said, maybe based out three to four weeks this time rather than the two, and then you know, at the end compile uh, this week, I've been basically going through and restringing all the guitars and just trying to get everything up in order because I maybe plan to start recording next week. Now, the thing with releasing, you know, I, I just as soon release things as soon as they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everyone's always talking about the Spotify algorithms and how you should mm. basically give it four weeks on DistroKid and then you know, push it to their editor so you can maybe get it on a playlist. So, you know, I think you can basically release it immediately and they'll just put it out as soon as you can, mm-hmm. as they can, and get it to all the different platforms. But um, I would probably say, you know, the next single hopefully is out in August. <laughs> I, I, I probably won't wait the four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um just give them two and you know maybe they can do something with the second single um <laughs> just to get you know contact out there because mm-hmm. you know i think some people were talking about the strategy is you know don't go longer than six weeks without yeah. releasing a song it's like well we just released an album but um, <laughs> <laughs> might as well uh might as well try to keep it going especially if the plan is to you know release the singles and then uh do an ep at the end of it so i think you know, we'd probably be looking at uh, at least a song a month, mm-hmm. you know, for through December or January. And yep. then, uh, you know, uh, figuring out what the next 
project is after that i'll probably have everything recorded you know uh pretty close together but uh you know maybe try to space it out because it seems like two weeks you're you know trying to get everyone to listen to this song and then you're moving on to the next song and it kind Mm -hmm. of feels like you forgot about that one but i'm also impatient so (laughs) sometimes it felt like two weeks was too long so yeah no i guess it's all about experimenting and figuring out what the best course is so to speak so yeah and maybe well, we'll release a couple singles and then release a five song EP. You know, I'm, I'm not sure, but. Uh, no, that's it. That's it probably, uh, well, I'll certainly be keeping my eyes open and my ears open. Um, it's almost the, the end of our 30 minutes or so um, allotted for this Zoom. Uh, thank you very much, Tommy, um, for taking the time to, to have a chat with us. Um, certainly, I'll be playing. Um, the negatrons on a fairly regular basis <laughs> on oh, uh, my, my, my Saturday show. Um, and then obviously um, when I complete the show, um, I put it up onto Mixcloud um, so people can, you know, get it from there as well. Um, and this chat we'll put on as a podcast as well. Um, and it will be played on the show next Saturday. Okay. Sounds so great. You, you have a great weekend. Um, go and enjoy your kids and your dog <laughs> will do thank you very much for uh, taking the time to speak with us and for uh, supporting our music and hopefully we can get some more out there for you soon Yeah, uh, that's great thanks a lot have a great weekend you too thanks bye now bye and then I thought of radio.